diverse poetry scene. Poets using their voices to entertain, to move, to take you on a journey. Connecting you to grassroots poetry and performance. Welcome to the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio. My name is Brendan Bonsack. 3CR broadcasts from Wurundjeri land in the Kulin Nation, stolen land. We pay our respects to elders past and present. It's always was and always will be Aboriginal land. We have a number of poetic treats for you in today's show with a live recording of Simone Spittel at Cherry Poets along with some new poetry from Stephen Atkinson and Lily Thompson. Lily is a performer, playwright and poet whose works have been published with Poet's Choice, Bus Stop Zine, Gems Zine and will soon appear in Pure Slush and Truth Serum. This is her poem about mould in the bathroom. Mould creeps up our bathroom walls like ivy and blooms with a chalkiness that makes the whole place grime slick. Open the window behind the shower head to slow its pace. And every morning I feel like the hot steam rushes out from the other side of the fly screen to signal my nakedness to the neighbours. Warm flushes turn my skin the colour of rashes I inhale. And the coolness of the air from outside races around my throat. Around the circuit of my body, goosebump lines rise over my reddened arms and thighs, like how sand traces the tides to remember the ocean by. I'm cold in the heat, I'm clean and surrounded, I'm hidden, but someone might strain their eyes to look in and see me, a damp shadow behind the window and closed in by ivy. That was the voice of Lily Thompson reading an original work and shared with us via the Spoken Word website, 3cr.org.au forward slash spoken dash word. Thank you so much, Lily. Well, here's some more poetry sent in by a listener later in the show. But now I'd like to play a live recording of Simone Spittle performing at Cherry Poets in July this year. Simone has only recently returned to us uh, from the West Coast. After many years in Perth, she is a poet, singer, songwriter and cabaret artist. And I'm delighted to have captured her performance 3CR. Please enjoy. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for all the poets that performed. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm in a cosy rug, snug as a bug. I am loved, I am loved, I am loved. Love is brushing my teeth, water splashing onto the mirror, gazing at the wrinkles on my neck and saying, you are welcome. 
Love is meaning it when I say it, rubbing my favourite moisturiser on my cheeks, my face, my neck. It feels so soft and gushy. Gosh, I feel so lovely to touch. <sighs> I can breathe when I relax. Let my muscles unwind, untaxed. I am perfect. So, so, so perfect for me. Present tense is not believing my wish for isolation. Recognising it as self-preservation hung over from another life, but I, I am present tense. I'm in a cosy rug, hugging my chubby body, letting my feelings exist, allowing my squishy tummy to squish, 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 I'm letting you live. I am alive. This is just as inspiring as those that climb to the top of a mountain. For me, this is just as inspiring to love what is mine, treat it as divine, and take my time, take up space. This is a privilege to stand here and indulge, falling into myself to feel whole. I'm in a cosy rug, snug as a bug. I am loved, I am loved, I am loved. Thank you. Now I'm going to move to standing up. I'm standing on the scales and they read 140. And suddenly it's 1999 and my dad grabs the flesh between my breasts and my armpit exclaiming, you're getting fat. I never thought of how much a violation this was until I go to therapy. My parents have let me down in so many ways, but disrupting my relationship with my body and food and movement and sexuality has profoundly impacted my ability to enjoy sensation. A gentle touch on my neck, an open door the sound of children playing, meeting new people, knowing my yeses and noes. Compliments deflect off me. I am cling-wrapped from the trauma of abuse. Self-protection is a disease I now reject. I am fat and wonderful. I am no longer small and powerless. I am a body ever-changing, growing more and more of myself every day. Perhaps if the rich and powerful did not benefit from women hating themselves, my fatness would be of great celebration, as great as the growing belly of a woman creating life. And yet, am I not creating life? Are rapidly dividing cells only of benefit in my body when they come from a baby? At work, a pregnant colleague lifts her shirt. Look, I've gotten so big, my belly button is almost an outie. She is met with instant validation and congratulations. The juxtaposition to diet culture rife in the lunchroom is not lost on me. And I wonder if I began to undress publicly and share my growing and stretching stomach, would I be met with the same applause? I wonder if these self-proclaimed scientists have read the evidence that fatness is genetic and it is not an indicator of health. It is not best practice. Diets do not work. The stress of being fat psychologically and physically is not of fatness, but of harassment and fat phobia perpetrated by nearly every person you will and will ever know because it makes money. And that's that. I love being fat. <laughs> This one's a really new one. I wrote this recently. I stand between rushing cars, a cold gust of wind, 
pedestrians colliding, the smell of coffee, pizza, bright lights. Carlton has no parking. I'm on the borderline of many stories, alive within me, bursting to be chosen as the next one I choose to live out loud. There is power in choosing your story. In amongst the powerlessness of humanity, I am curious, content, open. To be in a busy city and not feel alone is my greatest accomplishment. Melbourne is filled with cycleways. My family ride bikes. I see them everywhere. It's been over two years since we last spoke, so I messaged my younger brother. Hi, Pete. Long time no speak. I'd love to see you for a coffee if you're free. No reply. I'm not sure my message has gone through, so I add him on Facebook. I wait, hoping for something, anything. And after some time, I realise he's declined my request. I call my husband crying, tears spilling onto my shirt, asking him, what have I ever done to deserve this? To hear him tell me, this is not about me. This is not even about your brother. And that I could have been the most perfect person and I still would never have been enough. It wakes me up, shaking off old stories that don't belong to me anymore. I have spent a lifetime neglected, rejected, ignored. It is the worst to feel like it was all my fault. I have always been afraid of my own shine because under all of this, inside the pain of my pain, I blame myself. And then I step outside of myself. I see little Simone. I see her surrounded by gas and my father hold up the flame. She's on fire. How could it possibly be my fault? They say the head of the power structure is not invested in individual healing. For everyone that heals, births a question, and power cannot handle questions. I truly believe that if my father wanted our healing, he could do it in a single breath. He has always tried to retain his power and has been so successful. But tonight, tonight is the death of his success in my life and the birth of mine. This is not my fault. All I ever did was try to be seen, but I'm not that small, helpless child anymore and I'm finally seeing myself. It hurts to hold the truth and it hurts to recognise all of my pain, but on the other side of pain is healing and I'm ready, I'm ready and here and willing for the healing of all things great and small. I am a star and I claim it. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me and being such a lovely audience. Thanks again, Tim, for having me. My wife sheds her skin and my husband appears. Scared, cold, new life. In a marriage I never knew how to handle, but I want to handle him so well. I miss her. I don't know him yet. I miss her every second of every day. I see her, I see him. Something new, but something akin to a past moment, falling through my hands like air. We hold a funeral for Tash, I pay my respects, and it probably looks easy. I forget, like, everything looks easy. I look like everything is okay, all of the time. I forget that I survive well. I appear to survive unscathed. I can't look at my wedding photos because it breaks my heart. But he's here now, and we have so much in common. We laugh so much together. I still don't know who he is and I can't tell anybody how I'm processing this because transphobia. I miss her 
but I love his hugs. So warm, so cuddly, so kind. I've always been afraid of men, but he makes me feel safe, seen, heard. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't feel confident. I feel like I'm learning how to breathe again. Everything is new. And I'm not coping, but I'm here. We are new beginnings every day. I don't feel secure, but I'm still in, still on board. I'm no longer sinking in an endless ocean of fear. I can feel the ground. I can feel his hand in mine. I don't know where we will land. I don't even know how we will get there. But I believe we will arrive, and we will arrive together. Thank you. And this last one's uh, on the piano again.
Thank you. Thanks so much for my first set. Many thanks. Wondering how to pay your donations to 3CR Radiothon? It's easy. You can pay online at 3cr.org.au or call us any weekday with your credit card details on 0394198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash. 3CR, stay tuned, stay radical. This poem is called Hero Rats. The African giant pouch rats are hero rats that stop landmines from going off. They aren't heavy enough to trigger the landmines and the sense of smell tells them when to stop. They are trained for a period of time. They are intelligent and bred quite well. Detecting landmines much faster than humans can, saving them from what could be hell. There are different stages for them to go through so they can become trained rats. They have to identify different smells so they know what is that. Then they have a clicker. That means that food is coming just for them. They grow to love their clicker. The humans think that it's a gem. Another step is mixing other smells with TNT so the rat learns to recognize it and knows what it should be. If they score 100%, they can move on to the stage that's next. Some face early retirement because that is what's best. Mozambique is now declared mine-free because the rats have sniffed out all the mines. Over 13,000 were picked up. That would have taken some time. The rats can also detect tuberculosis and they stay where the sample is. This gives hope for the future and the people when they have kids. When the rat finds a landmine, it gets rewarded with food. Now you know a little more about what these rats can do. In the future they will be used and may be used for other things. But now you know about this rat and the joy that it can bring. There are still over 110 million undetected landmines not yet found. So thank God the rats are there to cut the numbers down. Thank you. You are listening to the Spoken Word Show on 3CR. My name is Brendan Bonsack. The poem we just heard was by Stephen Atkinson, shared with us via the Spoken Word website, which is 3cr.org.au forward slash spoken dash word. And prior to that, we heard the first part of Simone Spittle's recent performance at Cherry Poets. And if you were enjoying that, and I was, you're in luck, because here is the second part. It's 11.50pm, I'm on Facebook knee deep. With the purpose of boosting my withering self-esteem, I found my ex. He's got a girlfriend. (sighs) So I try to find her too. As I tell myself, this is definitely what other sane people do. Oh, good. Everyone from high school is married with kids. I say a quiet prayer to my vagina because at least she knows what time it is. I'm having an almost 30 crisis as I stand in the bathroom talking to myself. You are strong. You are confident. You had a threesome last week that made the notebook look like a horror film. You got asked out in the line at McDonald's after ordering something more pretentious than a magic. You're the heaviest you've ever been and you're the happiest you've ever been. Do you really need marriage and kids to prove you're a queen? Please. 
I take a breath and close my eyes. I tell myself, I'm on a beach. I can hear the waves crashing and the rustle of the palm trees. I'm looking around and I'm noticing people. People are naked. Oh, no, Simone. This is about being happy alone. It does not need to be a nude beach. People do not need to be naked. Just let go and let your soul be naked. And so I take a breath and close my eyes. I'm on set beach, no naked people around, no sexy times, just me and a bottle of wine. Stop. Simone, you do not need alcohol. People who are happy alone do not need to drink. You are content with being sober. You are sober. Your aura is sober. Okay. And so, again, I take a breath and close my eyes. I'm on the beach with no nudity, no alcohol and no drugs. I look around and see that beautiful mansion of mine. Stop. Simone. Happiness is not in material things. You do not need a house to be fucking happy. You are the house. You are the house of the house. Okay, hold up. I take a breath and close my, ha- close my eyes. I fast forward all this self-help bullshit and this time I'm coming, he's coming, she's coming, they're coming and we're all fucking and there's a sex swing in my house and we're bathing in wine and fuck it, even lines of cocaine and I don't even do coke but for the purpose of fucking this self-help shit up I'm blazing a blunt as I drive my Mercedes or whatever a cool car is and I'm a star of my own reality show. It's called fucking self-help shit up on The Late Show with Simone. And I'm not happy alone because that's just fucking ridiculous. Everyone needs love and human touch. You know, when unethical human experiments were legal, they had two groups of babies that received all they needed to survive, except one group wasn't touched. And you know what happened? All those babies died. So let me remind you that human touch, human connection is a fundamental need. And I'm fucked if I'm accepting a life of solitary confinement in the disguise of new age enlightenment. I'm a person who's happy with time on my own as well as connecting to others in whatever fashion I roam. And as I gaze in the mirror in the throes of nearly 30, I remind myself that needing other people is not dirty. And so I open my eyes and breathe whenever and wherever the fuck I please and let go of the illusion that time can be frozen. I log out of Facebook, cut the cord to my smartphone and move from desperately raw to cooked perfectly golden. I'm on a nude beach with cocaine and the minibar is open. Thank you. (laughs) And this um, last one is on the piano. I remember I lay my legs clad in black tights 
with black tights and high heels on your lap. And when you asked me what I rate you out of 10, I said three. We talked and flirted. I was 21, you were 19. You asked me if I'd seen the Transformers movie as I laughed. And you did some funny maneuver with your arm to accentuate your bicep. We cut a deal. You would add me on Facebook. I would watch Transformers. And when the night ended, I thought to myself, we could be really good friends. And sure enough, as promised, I accepted your request. We shared silly pickup lines, and I'm pretty sure one of mine was that my love for you is like diarrhea. I just can't hold it in. After our first date, we stopped at the park near my house. And I know now I will be forever grateful how I grabbed your hand and we ran through the sprinklers under the stars until our clothes clung to our skin. We lay wet on the grass, our laughter in sync. And with your hands on my cheeks, you kissed me with more passion than my memory can stand. The first night we spent together, we stumbled across second base, staying up late. And you told me that your dad killed himself when you were 12. Your darkness and the way you held me so closely in your arms but still kept me at arm's length. I didn't know how to be close to you, so I would push, then pull, then push you again. You named the freckles on my cheek the Bermuda Triangle. You told me you loved me, that you wanted me as your wife. And when you said there were no doubts in your mind and that I was the one for you, and I'd reply, I wasn't sure. I look back and I see I hurt myself so much more than I hurt you. And I'm sorry because you were the first man. You were the first man to love me and not lift his hand. It took me two years to trust you, but two years too late. I never told you my secrets because I never knew their weight would be the straw that broke our back. And the reason for the way the first orgasm you gave me was on the day you walked away. When you exited my life, I couldn't breathe, barely speak your name, I couldn't eat. I lost more than six kilos in that first week. But the funny thing was, after six months with no word, I told myself I was strong for not showing how it hurt to see you wearing that singlet I'd bought you for Christmas as you and I agreed how much happier we were. pulling over on my drive home from that meeting because I couldn't see the street lines through the tears I'd held in and you were the reason I'd given myself for living those years were the best and the worst and my belief in healing broke on that day we sat across from each other and I lied straight to your face you know that weekend at the pirate party when you and I first met my father had told me to clear out my things, parked my car in so I couldn't leave, physically chased me down the street and I'd still turned up to that party with a smile on my face. The next day when my mother had screamed she'd die if I didn't come home and I, I begged my dad to come to my graduation but he still said no, that was all I knew about love. I see 
I'd locked you out of my world, but you were the catalyst to me, finally smashing into myself. I slammed on the brakes but didn't stop. They broke the day I asked if you were still in love with me, and this time it was you that said you weren't sure. I had to swim through layer upon layer of pain to learn that rescuing myself was something I couldn't just learn. I had to learn and then learn over and over again. I remember those precious years and that picture of us and how you told me you'd always love me on the day we broke up and that no matter where we ended, I would always be your first love. And so I thank you and carry those words in my heart, you beautiful man. I still feel you inside when I feel my own hands drag me from drowning. You saved me more than you'll ever know. And so I leave you with this, my sincerest of hopes. When you think of me, think of how love transformed us to grow. And even Bermuda Triangles have pirates they let go. Can you hear that whisper in the wind? It says, I'm sorry. Can you hear that whisper in the wind? Can you hear that whisper in the wind? It says, Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me and thank you, Tim, for having me. You have been listening to the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio. In today's show, we heard a recording of a live performance of Simone Spittle at the Cherry Tree Hotel, along with works read by Lily Thompson and Stephen Atkinson. To listen to the action replay of this and many other of our shows, head to 3cr.org.au forward slash spoken dash word. And if you want to check out more of Simone's work, we'll pop some links on the podcast page for this show. My name is Brendan Bonsack, and as always, thank you for listening.